Welcome to How to Sell Drugs, presented by Lucy, a podcast about drug culture, policy, and business with an emphasis on harm reduction. We'll be discussing how drugs are sold and perhaps more importantly, how they should be sold. This is not intended to advocate drug use and meant for educational purposes only. Today, we're joined by my co-founder, Sammy Hamdouche. Hi, Sammy. Hi, David. And by Zane Lamprey. Hi, Zane. Hi. Hi, so... This is only for education? Only for education. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we have the actual beers in front of us that I will. Well, this is for this is education. for education. Yeah, but yeah. you can learn about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah, that that sounds wonderful. In fact, yeah. should we crack into one right yeah, now? Yeah, that's probably a really good idea. Okay, so which one? This is so. This is my buddy's company. This is uh, Maui Brewing. Okay, and he's got um, that, which is my favorite beer on the planet. So what en- is that enjoy one? that. That's coconut porter. Oh, nice. These are I mean, but these are fantastic. So this is bikini blonde. This is a lager. Mm-hmm. Here's a wheat. I'll probably have that. Okay. John does John doesn't drink. Yeah, yeah he'll, he'll do it. There we go. Throwing over the soundboard. All right. All right. So which one are you doing? I'm going to do the the wheat. So you can you have the choice of those two. Okay, I'll do this pineapple one. Uh, Okole Maluna in Hawaiian, which means literally bottoms up. So if you're, if you're pointing to your bottom, it'd be your okule. Okole. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Great. Okay. That's really nice. And uh, so Zane Lamprey, real name? Yeah. It's interesting. Zane Gray, the the writer. Okay. Middle name David. So. Oh, nice. Gets a little more normal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, can you uh, can you provide a little background about yourself for uh, those who may yeah, not be familiar? Yeah, sure. How, how much time you have? Uh, <laughs> it's so funny. Is this story that I've told I've told so many times this week? But but I um, simply put. I, my job is to travel around the world and drink and doing that, learning more about people and their cultures, um, the places that we go. Um, and what's funny is I'll sometimes get people who are fans of the show and they'll just be, Oh, you went to some great locations. That was so cool. You did this. And someone's like, dude, you're always getting messed up. Like you drink so much. It's like, I mean, it's funny. It's interesting that people get different things out of it. Sure. And keep in mind that we're shooting over the course of three or four days, mm-hmm. so it can look like one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, the the point of the show, and I mean, uh, that's to sort of illustrate that people get different things out of it. Mm-hmm. But for me, what I get out of the show is learning about people by having a, a drink. It's like having these beers here for us. I mean, it just helps to just just get to a comfort zone much more quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a social thing. Sitting around and, and having a beer or a beverage is a very social thing. We're sitting here, and, and it would be kind of weird if we were just sitting here with no microphone and no beers and just talking. I guess people do that too, but <laughs> 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 but for me it would be weird. You know? <laughs> um, and that's it. So, you know, right now, I mean, I started doing a show called Three Sheets. Um, I did somewhere around like 50 or something, 51 episodes of that, I think, traveling around the world. Uh, drinking um, and then I did uh, drinking made easy for Mark Cuban for mm-hmm. his channel that mm-hmm. was around the US mm-hmm. um, we did about 60 episodes of that I did another show called chug uh, which is traveling around by train I did one season of that for Nat Geo and then that went to Netflix and then um, the the show I'm doing right now is called uh, four sheets which is on drink TV mm-hmm. so I travel around the world it's the same I mean it's the same concept traveling around the mm-hmm. world learning about people through their drinking uh, their drinking cultures, um, 
Peru, the episode we were just sort of watching a piece of right there, um, I had their local beer. They make craft beer. But the cool thing, you guys are scientists, so the cool thing about it is that at elevation, all recipes change. So because, and I guess that's probably rule number one for you guys, I don't know. But like, but like, so, so at elevation, like if, if it's like, oh, put this in the boil for this long and do this and this and this, all those times have to change because the water boils at a lower temperature. And so they're all the f- sort of recipes that they get, they have to adjust. Uh, and then they make some fantastic beer there and then had something called chicha, which used to be back in the day was, um, women, older women, would sit around and spit, chew corn and spit into a pot, which would start the amylase and their saliva would start the fermentation process. And uh, we went there for that, but we couldn't find it. Like, they don't, like, if it sounds disgusting, it's because it is. <laughs> and, and, they, and they don't do it anymore either. I mean, the reason I wanted to do it be- was because it's like, it, it's visual and it's something that you wouldn't normally drink you know what i mean and so if i'm going through something in the show that's where it becomes engaging television if people can see my reaction and like the combo ceremony which i'm sure we'll talk about um which i also did when i was down there with the frog poison um it was an uncomfortable process but i'm but i'm authentic and i'm present and 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 i am going through it or the viewers kind of going through it with me and i think that's sort of like how, what the show has become, and also our society as well, and TV has become, it needs to be, something needs to happen. It can't just be me sitting around having a beer, mm-hmm. having a glass of wine. There needs to be something happening. So so that's what it is. That's the show. And right now, Four Sheets is on Drink TV. And on 6-6, June 6th, it becomes free. Nice. So right right now, it's a, like a subscription base. It's two ninety nine a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in, on June 6th, it becomes free, ad-supported. So that's which awesome. Is fun. Yeah, that's good. So... You've had the opportunity to travel all around the world, and uh, one of the things I think you, you might not have mentioned is, in addition to trying the, the local delicacies as far as alcohol is concerned, also try the hangover cure. Yeah, uh, right. Often yeah. the next. So uh, I'm, I definitely want to get to some of the uh, sort of top Let me favorites. throw this one in there real sure. quick. In Santorini, Greece, yeah. you take an onion, cut it in half, and put it on your testicles. Continue. Wow. <laughs> so let's go back. Anyway, I, what you were saying? Go well, to what you I were mean, saying. ironically, uh, my wife and I went on our honeymoon in Santorini. Okay. And that was not offered to me. At it any was point in that. Time. So yeah, you got you got stiffed. Yeah, I was just I was in the very touristy part. It's probably. so funny because you know we were told that that was the that was the the hangover cure, and there were some old guys sitting at a table next to us, and they're like, "No, nah, I've never heard of this." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like and it's, it's like it did come from someone, and we looked it up. It did exist, but like. If you think about even like the science of it or anything, like try to make it make sense. It's like maybe because it's something cool on like a part of your body that's trying to get rid of heat. Sure. But did it need to be an, an onion? I don't know. So anyway. <laughs> the, yeah, I mean, that is that is definitely unusual. It's unusual, yeah. And, you know, so when you think about how alcohol um, as a quote-unquote drug is considered um, or regarded in the United States, um, how do you think of that compares uh, relative to some of these other cultures that uh, you've been fortunate enough to, to witness? Yeah, I mean, it, it really, it's a different experience to have here than anywhere else. But the unique thing about the U.S. and really why a show like Drinking Made Easy was sustainable for 60 episodes is because our country is the size of, of Europe. 
and we have we do even though we have a unifying language and and government so to speak um there is um there are different ways that we consume our alcohol in different parts of the country i mean compare alaska and new york city to new orleans and and you know san diego or whatever but um one of the things that you find unique is like we have like our our f our i i can belittle it by calling it like our frat boy culture mm -hmm. you know like our our sort of beer pong uh flip cup bro ha you know thing sure. that like i i'm guilty of it too in, in college but like and and for a while after but like and <laughs> and, 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 and currently but and yesterday. <laughs> yeah but like but like that is us getting to a point where we are coming of age where we are becoming adults and one of the things that that means is getting to um, have our freedom and getting to consume alcohol um, how we want and without supervision of, of parents which usually usually alcohol consumption before 21 is not a supervised thing in many many other countries around the world um, it is a more of a supervised thing it's just something that they grow up with mm -hmm. and so it becomes less of an event when you come of age to to then experiment with it mm -hmm. uh, over experiment you know get into trouble whatever it is that's not to say that other countries don't have issues with it um, it's just it's just different than we have it here Go so do, do you think that sort of leads to the observation that Americans might have a less healthy relationship with alcohol than other cultures you know I, I think instinctually I would say that but I get something called the the Mark Brown report which is like a daily uh, articles about alcohol consumption now you know, cannabis is now in there as well um, and they're actually the report are saying that it that it's actually worse in some other countries like the UK has issues with it as well um, but you know it's funny I had my show chug uh, which was on Nat Geo and Netflix here and the international rights went to another company that was trying to sell it for us um, abroad and in France they don't allow alcohol content in their programming which is just contrary to what you would think you think they'd be like yeah sure whatever but I think to spotlight it they didn't they didn't allow it so it's not as cut and dry as maybe I sort of made it out to be um, there's certainly multiple levels of it um, but I think generally speaking we have in the US a different kind of relationship with it than other people not not too different by the way just just more just more just different <laughs> if that makes any sense yeah, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And so when you think about some of the other cultures that you've observed, obviously the traditions vary. And uh, there seems to be in some cultures an entire different etiquette surrounding alcohol. Okay. Uh, for instance, um, in certain drinking cultures, it's considered uh, rude to refuse a drink from someone who is regarded as your superior or something or, or maybe an, an elder or something like that yeah um, what what kinds of complex etiquette systems have you seen that are you know, made you surprised I'll give you a clear example but one of the things that's that I think is we're kind of going through right now if we just slide the me too movement into this for a second is that people um, uh, are feeling uh, pressure by their superior 
to do things, right? And so one of those things is like, come have a drink with me. And it's like, well, if I don't have go have a drink, maybe the boss won't like me. I won't get that promotion, you know, that kind of thing. So that's, so that's something you could experience here. Um, I think maybe in like Japan and South Korea, it might be a little bit more of a formal thing, but it's kind of the same thing. When I was in, um, this is the beer working its way back up. <laughs> um, not the beer, just the CO2. But when I was in, uh, in Russia, I was in uh, this tenement building that was clearly built during Soviet times, no frills. And the guys that we were sort of hanging out with um, had gotten, had broken into this apartment that was basically condemned across the hall. A big apartment, about the size of like this, this office here, big. And so um, uh, we sat down and, and, and this table right in the middle and pictures of like Stalin on the walls and stuff. I mean, just, I don't know, for fun, I guess. Um, <laughs> whatever, just to make it feel like way more authentic. And th their sort of tradition is once you open a bottle of, of vodka, you finish it. You know, I think, I think that's more of like when you're with friends, I hope. But so <laughs> we, we, we cracked it open. There was five of us. We cracked it open. We drank and told stories. And, and what's really crazy is the youngest guy there, so I was probably like 35 at the time, and, and they, were, they were probably like yeah, between 25 and 40. The youngest guy there, 25, and he was just like, I was asking him questions about that. Um, and like, you know, he's like, no, this is not all about this. <laughs> you know, I won't try to do the accent. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, and he's like, no, it's not all about like, like finishing the vodka. And you think we all do these crazy dances and wear these big furry hats, but we're not, we're not like that. That's just, you know, that's just rumor or whatever. And sure enough, finished that bottle. He got everything off his chest, uh, his, his young man angst. And then, um, I we finished the scene and I was like wrapping up. We had been there for maybe an hour and a half drinking and got some great stuff. And um, I'm sort of wrapping up the scene and I hear off to the side like someone opening another bottle of vodka. <laughs> and I was like, all right. So I could say like got the scene, nailed it. It was awesome. It was really good. Um, and then go. Or I can think to myself, you know, you you're transported to this this Soviet apartment in the middle of Moscow in the dead of winter, like a, a crazy cold day and um, hanging out with these Russians drinking uh, Russian standard vodka. It's like, you know, you could also take that road too. And I knew we had what we did for the show, but I was like, no. And it's, you know, of course I had some vodka in me. So my decision-making was a little altered <laughs> and I was like, yeah, let's, yeah, fine. Let's go. We, so we did it. And what's crazy is the first thing the guy did was he, oh, oh, hold on right here. And he ran to his apartment across this, the hall and came back with a Kalashnikov, which is an AK-74, basically like, like, a, like a newer version of the AK-47 introduced in 1974, meaning it, it was, the guy was treating it like it was his Civil War, you know, or musket. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, it's younger than I am. So, <laughs> you know, and so, you know, it's, and at this point, a, Furry hat had migrated onto my head. Wait, really? From, from one of the guys, yeah. So they said they didn't do the furry. They hat said they thing, didn't do it, but, but out came did. a furry hat, <laughs> and and the guys like hold my hold this. So I was holding the gun while he was showing that he can do those dances. <laughs> Which, by the way, the dance the dance I would break my old knees by trying to do this. I couldn't even do it. But like you know, you have your hands crossed and you drop down onto one leg and kick the other leg forward. And yeah, do, yeah. It's like, do you want to? 
hurt yourself, you could try it right now. <laughs> it's very painful. And um, you didn't get and that on camera? He, and he did it on camera. However, the, we sent it out the net, to the network, and they're just like, this was an amazing scene. However, we can't have a Kalashnikov on your lap in this scene. We can't have a gun. I don't care how well, like out of use this gun is. I mean, it was sitting. I was. It wasn't down here. It was like this. I was sitting like that. Well, that's probably safer to hold it. Straight <laughs> it was up and probably. Down. I'm sure it was a safe way to hold it. Uh, but they were just like, no, we have to cut it. So that entire scene got cut. There was some of the dancing. So if people watch Three Sheets Moscow, there was some of the dancing that made it to the end. I think the guy was also wearing a bra. But anyway, it <laughs> it, 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 it it got loose. You know, and 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 I think that's really the unifying factor here is that I sat down with guys I didn't know. We got loose and relaxed and had some fun. And at the end of the day, it didn't matter where I was from. It didn't matter where they were from. It didn't. My problems didn't matter. Their problems didn't matter. My politics, my government's politics, their government's politics, it didn't matter. Because at the end of the day, we were just people that were bonding over having a drink and loosening up in a way that I don't think, well, yeah, definitely wouldn't have gotten that loose if we didn't have alcohol in front of us. I think that's really the magic of, of the show. I get a lot of credit for being able to like get people to open up and, and interviews, but at the end of the day, I have a pretty good tool at my disposal. Yeah, so that makes perfect sense. You've got you know the bonding experience that comes from the consumption of alcohol. Uh, it sounds also like do you believe uh, in you know firmly in that saying in vino veritas? Uh, in wine, there is truth. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it is. It is a truth serum, and it, and that's one of those things. That's that is your inhib your inhibitions, right? So there, that's the part of your brain that's that's filtering, controlling what comes from here and what what goes through here, right? Mm -hmm. So the the wine is going to sort of cloud that filter and make the pathway a little shorter. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what's happening. You are your inhibitions, uh, your filters are getting turned off, mm -hmm. and in that there is absolutely more truth mm -hmm. i don't know if i would say like you know anything you say while you're drunk is was the truth because you know like i, I don't think that's the truth sure. i do believe that y anything you say you'll do drunk you should do sober yeah. to keep you what is that to teach you to keep your mouth shut yeah that, maybe that was a sinatra or maybe that was keep you honest or something churchill or yeah. yeah i'm really good at quotes <laughs> so good at quotes yeah i i hear that and it's obviously Obviously, there's a ton of, of problems associated with alcohol in addition to the benefits, um, but it seems like... But, but, you know, but it it's the same thing with like food, and I know it's easy, and we talked about this, I think, off the air, like, like having a, a TV show called Drinking Made Easy, which was one I had with Mark Cuban, it was like easy to get viewers, and that was my number one goal. Like, when you're flipping through the channels back in the day, and you could see like the guide and it said drinking made easy, you're going to stop because you're like, well, what is this? And, I, and sure. that's what I wanted. It, you're competing with how many hundreds of channels. I wanted something that sort of jumped out. But, but the name is, like, is a little confusing to, to people. Like, what do you mean made easy? Well, it's kind of like, well, you know, remember those books like Windows for Dummies or sure. you know, Windows Made Easy or whatever it is? Like that's, yeah. It was that kind of thing. But when you put drinking in front of it, it has a different connotation, and advertisers were apprehensive to get involved be because of that. So it's sort of the connotation that's involved. But, but food, people can abuse food just as much and have medical problems just as much. I just think it's more easy to put the spotlight on, on alcohol than other things. Sure. I mean, and comparing alcohol to other drugs, I mean, how do you think uh, or feel that alcohol stacks up compared to 
some other substances that you, know, you may have encountered in your travels? I, I would say, I think for me, here, here's, the, here's the biggest benefit of uh, and being uh, us being out in California changes this, this conversation a little bit. But like the, one of the biggest differences between alcohol and cannabis is dosing. So, so like I know what a beer and a wine and a shot and a cocktail, like I know how that's going to affect me. And as a matter of fact, when I can feel it start to affect me, I can just like pull back a little bit. Mm -hmm. It kind of works through your system. I think a lot more quickly than, than cannabis Mm -hmm. and also, and, and with cannabis being the wild west right now, starting to get some control, but I think it's still much, much unexplored and unregulated. It's, it's very difficult to know when you pick up this product what that dosage is all about. I know they're starting to, to mark them down, but like you don't know how your body's gonna be affected by 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 different strains and different companies and the way that they're extracting the oils or whatever it is. Whereas if you go to the cooler and you see that this has a an ABV of five point five, if you know if you've done this before, you kind of know what that's gonna do for you. Sure. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And so when you when you think about the, the dosing issue, that's one side of things, and, and, and that makes sense. And when you think about kind of the effects and the cultural impact, how do you sort of compare those two in terms as of... As far as... Can, right, yeah, cannabis yeah. versus alcohol. I mean, let's say, uh, I don't know if you have children, uh, but let's say, hypothetically you do, um, would you prefer your child at age... 1821 to be a cannabis consumer yeah. or an alcohol consumer as their primary exogenous Isn't that a recreational drug. Yeah. My hypothetical kid, I'd have 10 of them. <laughs> uh, I would say yeah, that's a really good that's a really good question. I mean, in this day and age, it would be alcohol because it's just again, you can go out and have you can go on ha- like we're sitting here having a a beer, but we're going to be, we know we're going to be fine a little bit because of, we know what we're, we're taking in. Now we are going to probably go to that mezcal bar afterwards and I don't know what's going to happen there, but yeah. And (laughs) and so, you know, and I've seen your show, so I'm, I'm trying to steal myself, (laughs) but I guess what I'm trying to get at is, you know, are you kind of like, you know, a Godfather type figure and you going, you know, I'm not sure I want this for my children. I want you guys to, uh, to consume cannabis instead or to, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, right. I'm, I'm sitting here trying to work it out in my brain because, uh, you know, alcohol does different things to different people. And, you know, I had a, a roommate that, and we would go out and have the same number of drinks and a, a switch would click in his head and he would want to go out and fight people. Gene Hackman, do you know who that is? Um, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm not that old. Uh, but like, but yeah, he, that's what he would do. And he, and then he would continue to drink and he'd wake up the next morning and like literally in one month, he, he, he woke up and said this to me, dude, what happened? What's this? Because he broke his collarbone and then twice in one month, two different collarbones. That's difficult oh. to do. Well, that's actually kind of for the best because he probably can't pick yeah, up a drink. Ex- ex- exactly. <laughs> I, I think that, well, he'd, he'd find a way. But, <laughs> but you know, so that's how he was affected by it. Me, I just, um, you know, I have fun and I always like, you know, I don't have like a Dewey or anything like that. So I, I'm just, I stay in, in control. I, or if I, if I ever let myself 
lose a little control, it will be in a controlled environment. Like I'm not going to go off and do crazy stuff. With with weed, I think the issue is sorry, cannabis for being technical. It's for educational purposes. <laughs> um, uh, it's again, it's it's the way that it affects people, and I kind of feel like it affects. It's like it just tends to make people more docile. You don't have people smoking weed and going out and trying to get into a fight. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I haven't seen that. No. So, uh, so I think that it it just kind of depends on the person. If, if, if this hypothetical child, I would I would just I would I guess I would just try to, and and here okay now here's different with the U.S. and 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 anywhere else. I would just try to push that off as long as I could. And and what is that our culture, you know, trying to be too protective to the point where then the kid gets on their own and then they just go off the deep end. Whereas in France, it's not. It's not uncommon for a 13-year-old to have a glass of wine with, with dinner. So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a complex issue. What if I threw that back to you? What would you, what would you say? Uh, well, I mean, I think it depends on the age range, but I guess at, let's say that my... Let's say it's 21. It's 21? Like your, yeah, it's your first... What, what's the age for marijuana? I think it's 21, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I would say probably cannabis, um, just because... Uh, and and I personally prefer alcohol to cannabis. Not that uh, I don't like cannabis, but um, I think just because of what you said, I think that um, I think that alcohol is uh, is very powerful, and that there are some people who regard maybe it's their genetics or their life circumstances, their upbringing, the sort of clouds hanging over their head at that very moment. I think. You can very quickly get into a dangerous situation that might be irreparable, yeah. and so I think from a cannabis perspective, I think that if people uh, are upping and upping and upping the dosage, they're liable to order Postmates and fall asleep. Right, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, but you know, uh, do I do I think that? Uh, I mean, again, it is it is difficult because I I'm not sure that they're directly. Uh, they're not directly comparable, right? Because they they have, they have different effects. Yeah, that's right. I mean, like if you think about, you you know, I'm thinking about having some drinks with a with a bunch of guys, and let's say we all started having some drinks, and and it got late, and you, you we would just get loud. You know what I mean? Like that's that's just just that was just what's what that's what happens. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if with cannabis, it's like the volume switch just goes the opposite way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Except for when we turn a movie on and we fall asleep to it. So yeah, yeah. I mean. It's uh, it's interesting. I mean, I think you know. Again, another fact that is is interesting to me, at least, which is uh, even if you are able to enjoy and have uh, alcohol consumption over a period of many years, it seems like from the data that uh, it's harder on your body uh, than at least uh, ingesting cannabis from yeah. uh, an edible perspective. Uh, you yeah. know. I'm not a physician, you know, go look that up for yourself. I but mean, as far as what I know. read, it's the same. Yeah, it's the same kind of thing. But I think it's it's also just uh, the ability to to moderate. They they'll even say, you know, I don't, I don't know who's doing the research, but they'll even say, like, having a drink a day and whatever. Like, you know, my dad didn't drink, died when he was 51. Um, and I just wonder on some level. I don't know why he didn't drink. Maybe he didn't like it. But assuming I have similar genetics, um, I enjoy it. Um, not when I can't do when I'm working, but like you know when I'm done and can relax and do it. Um, but I just wonder if he 
did he just like not laugh enough? You know what I mean? Did he just <laughs> was he not having enough fun? Was he too stressed out and and didn't have a release? If you go to places like like Japan, South Korea, Germany, like their their society is so regimented. Have you been to those, any of those places? Uh, yeah, I've okay. been I've been to Germany and Japan. Okay, so so especially like Japan, like it's just like I remember watching my first arrive driving in. There's a guy, w- the flagman, you know, and out here you have a guy with his belly hanging out and just like dirty and whatever. This guy was like so clean and just so polished, and he's holding the flag like this, and, you know, like and he's just in a perfect. Sorry for people listening, I'm holding it like in a very stiff way, like he was just standing straight up, and he was like taking his job and his and his position in life serious and the same thing in 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 germany like they make great cars and great things for a reason because they are they hold themselves to a very high standard but they also have a a release when they drink they go crazy (laughs) you know i mean it's it's a generalization but it's one that i've experienced on many levels um like i've seen some guys like celebrating a business deal in japan and they're like such serious guys. We sat down at the same time as them in a bar and they, they had just gone out golfing and they came back and they were like, you know, very quiet and reserved and, you know, bus- just serious business guys. By the end, they were chasing each other around trying to grab each other's balls. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, that's legit. And mine, you know, and that's legit. Like, they thought that was the funniest thing. And, and you would never find their sober self doing it. But like, that's sort of, that's, that's that release. And that's what I wonder is if my dad was missing that release, you know? Sure. Um, doc, it was, I mean, not to go too deep into it, but like, you know, it was a brain tumor and, and you know, I, I'm not a physician, but I would say from what I've heard and read that there was definitely stress related uh, it, to, to, its, to its origin. Um, and, you know, there was even a doctor at UCLA that, that when he got cancer, he decided he was gonna laugh as much as he can, could and try to cure it that way, and, and he did. He watched comedies. He did everything he could do to just laugh as much as possible. And I just wonder the relationship. Dr. Patch that. Adams. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you've never, yeah, his name is Patch Adams. He wore a red nose. Yeah, he watched Patch Adams a hundred times. <laughs> it just kept getting funnier. Um, so you know, I, and, and again, I think that those that it it depends on the person. I think someone could smoke cannabis. Not that I've ever not done it. Um, <laughs> but like, what does that even, what does that even mean? They got like. You know that tends to make me, and I don't know if it's a strain. I don't. I don't know enough about the indica sativa to like understand how much it affects me. But I just wonder if that um, uh, it makes me vo- more of an introvert, and and the alcohol makes me more of an extrovert. You know, and I ride the line as a person. I try. I always try to like be confident and present myself. But like, I remember the scariest thing for me when they go around in class. You know, your first day of class, and they would be like just say your name and one thing about you and I would just be like sweaty palms like don't get to me don't get to me <laughs> so like everyone has sort of that fear but like sure anyway yeah I know I, I hear you I uh, I definitely think I I consider myself an extrovert um, but my main uh, you know I, I try to hold back because I don't want to annoy everybody else around me okay <laughs> how, how are you extroverted in what in what way I like meeting new people. I like talking to yeah, people. Yeah, You know that kind of thing. I do. I do too. I do too. But but I also get. Sh- I I just second guess myself sometimes. You know, maybe that's everyone does that. I'm extra. Nobody does that. Nobody You're does. the only one. <laughs> I'm so I w- I was just in in Hawaii, and I brought my podcast equipment with me. And this guy, um, I saw this guy. This local surfer was at a, an event. His name was Zane Schweitzer, 
So I was like, oh, text him. Hey, man, I'm in town. I'd love to have you on my podcast. I don't know him, but my ma- my name's Zane. His name's Zane. He looked me up and like whatever. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes later, he's like, yeah, man, I'd love to do it. Want to come up to the house for dinner? And so I went up to his house that night in Maui. I remember like saying to my wife, like, you know, come with us. Come, come. It'll be fun. She was like, I don't, I don't want to go. I'll just stay here. I'm like, no, you're not going to stay here. <laughs> I know that it's like. I don't know what to expect. The guy said he has an orchard. I don't know what to expect. But you can walk around looking for lizards the whole time, which he did. But, like, I just don't, like, so I am in that terms an extrovert because I was looking forward to it. Like, I'd love to go there and meet new people and, you know, that kind of thing. And for her, I think it's more like, I'll read a book. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you're an extrovert when we met off camera. You were, yeah. you were pretty similar. And I, it's yeah, not like some rock yeah, stars. Yeah, I'm so high right now. <laughs> so... But it's not like some rock stars where you hear about them where they're, uh, you know, they don't want to talk to anybody, but then they go on stage, they light up. That's yeah. sort of like the I- the introvert that is still able to or interested in performing. So. I, w- I was once at a, sorry, my, my, my all my tangents. By the way, there's a really cool Jordans you have there. Oh, thank um, you. I was at a, um, uh, I got invited to a dinner, and long story short, it was, Merv Griffin, does that ring a bell? Merv Griffin, he he Sounds started. Uh, um, when I told this story twenty years ago, it was relevant. But he he started he started Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. At one point, he sold it to Coca Cola. He was the most he was the richest entertainer in the world. And so I went to his son's house, uh, who was producing a show for me. And uh, anyway, it was like this dinner party, but it was Alan Alda, and Carl Reiner, and uh, Mel Brooks. And Dom DeLuise and other spouses, Anne Bancroft was there. And the one person that didn't show up was um, Gene, ha- uh, Gene Wilder. Wow. Uh, Willy Wonka? Yeah. 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 And so um, it was, just, and, and I guess they're like, yeah, that happens. He's just, he's an introvert. But what was crazy was they said that if he comes, don't, please don't bring up Willy Wonka. He's, he'll, he'll literally just leave. Like he's wow. had it so much. So I wonder if some point on like the, the rock star thing, if they are sort of an ex- extrovert because they enjoy doing that thing, but they just are sort of just sick of being repetitive. Well, it's also nice when you accrue so much influence and power in society that you're allowed your eccentricities, mm-hmm. you know, like your, your entitlements, you know, yeah, yeah right. if, if you, <laughs> if you came in and then you had someone working for you come in ahead of you and say, you know, Zane doesn't like to shake hands. So just expect that, when yeah. you, when it, you know, that kind that. of thing. Guy Fieri doesn't shake hands. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's a chef. That kind of makes and sense. And he lets you know, well, he's not always chefing. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, bro? Uh, well, you know, at least he makes some sort of <laughs> contact. <laughs> he does. He makes an explosion <laughs> noise. Yeah, yeah. So you're good. You're good. He's good. Yeah, you're right. That's that's actually exactly what I'd expect. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so in terms of, uh, you know, your travels, um, you know, any um, hangover cure highlights? Ha. Huh. Well, what's the worst hangover you've had? During the course of your travels, I would yeah. say, or ever, or both. I would say I'm trying to think of the worst one. So Moscow just jumps right into my head. Um, so you shouldn't have done that second bottle <laughs> of vodka. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. I wasn't even thinking of that as being the reason. <laughs> but you're, ac- you're absolutely right. Um, it yeah, been the hat was compressing your head. It was. It was the fur of the hat. One thing that I find funny about people who like alcohol a lot is their ability to disconnect. The experience of drinking from the hangover the next day. Oh, right. Yeah. So it's like they don't see it necessarily as like a cause and effect. They're like, oh, I just happen to have a bad hangover. What, yeah. What is yeah, <laughs> this Irish cold? I mean, one of the things that that I, 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 I would call it, I call it my superpower, which seems silly to now say that out loud. But like mine is is my ability to 
ride that two and a half beer buzz and sort of stay right in that in that good space. Mm -hmm. So, and I always know, uh, unlike my roommate in college, that like I have to work the next day. So if we go out and shoot, like our we did Peru, uh, Grand Cayman, and Mexico City. Mm -hmm. So we were gone for like. 15 or 17 days, whatever. Mm -hmm. So your travel day, then you're shooting for four, then you travel, shoot, whatever. And you just know, like, tomorrow I'm working. Like, there's no, like, breaks. And so I don't want to have a, a hangover. You know, I'm like, I, I, I have to work tomorrow, which means I have to drink tomorrow, usually. Or I have to, tr or I have to be on a mode of transportation, and I don't want to have to have a hangover for that. And so I always try to 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 sort of mitigate the the effects but now that i'm thinking about that so i'll relate it to, to four sheets pulling it into the show that that's on that's on drink tv right now drink tv.com um <laughs> so available on roku apple tv um so if uh the last episode we shot of of the first trips so we did two trips one was to uh peru and then grand cayman mexico city came back for like five or six weeks dry out, and then go to Santorini, Switzerland, and Paris. And so when we were in, in Mexico City, we were at the we had shot for 15 days. We were at the last location, and it was Mezcal Bar in Mexico City, where we, where we had just done this scene, and they loved us. And, and so now they wanted us to try all these things. And the sound guy got brought to his hotel room in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> so... And and the hangover the next morning, it used to be my my header image on my Facebook because it's just me in the airport. I remember like they were trying to figure out customs, so they were saying just stay here with the luggage. So I'm staying, I'm I, I'm sitting there, and there's all the luggage. And you just kind of see me just like basically just trying trying to throw up. I just I decided it was kind of a depressing image, so I removed it. But <laughs> but that was you know that was a bad that was a bad one, and. You know, at some level, I don't know, did the fun balance it out? I don't know. But I was very aware of it. Mm. <laughs> um, I don't know how aware I was the night before that it was happening. Because one of those things like when is when, again, it goes to like dosing, right? Like knowing what a beer is or what a glass of wine will do to you. When the bar's bringing up different shots and cocktails and things for you to try. Like this happened when I was shooting three sheets. The second episode I ever shot of these shows of now well over 100 I was in in uh, Belgium at a beer bar, and they have a record for the most beers uh, of any bar in the world. Uh, One thousand one available on demand, like there, it's in, it's there, cold, ready wow. to go. And so the guy had me trying all different kinds, just sips, just sips. I mean, but some were five percent, some were eight, nine percent. I was just used at that point drinking like a bud, you know, like a a four percent, you know, water. And um, and so I found myself in a, like, you know, with a hangover the next morning that surprised me. Death by I didn't, a I didn't cuts. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. Um, but I did have in um, uh, in this last in this, this last season, uh, I mentioned the the onion. Um, and then in. It's kind of funny in uh, in Switzerland, it was jumping off of a bridge into this ice cold river which mm. is like amazing i mean that's one of those things where just like just you know snaps you out of it sure and, th and then i think your adrenaline kicks in and then all of a sudden then you give a hang the hangover comes back about 10 minutes later 
Um, we also went and did chocolate. I mean, these are all like things that like that are theorized to reduce the effects of a hangover um, and remedies as opposed to being cures. Mm -hmm. So chocolate, sugar, spicy food, um, adrenaline. Like I did jump into an ice cold fjord in, in, in Denmark. Um, just things like that, like where you're supposed to jolt your body. The best one, the best cure I ever had. Cure, by the way, I was at South Beach. I just gotten done partying with Guy Fieri. A <laughs> lot of hand pounds that night. A lot of hand pounds. <laughs> um, I was at the South Beach South, South Beach Food and Wine Festival, and it's one of those things you go in the tent and everything's just like free. Tito's is, Tito's there and all that kind of stuff, and. Um, I woke, my wife's like, just remember, you're taking me for a Cuban sandwich tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. So I wake up the next morning. I mean, I was like unmovable. I was in so much pain. And she's like, we're going get to get a Cuban sandwich. I'm like, honey, I can't. I just can't do it. You promised. I know, I know. And so she called the uh, IV place mm -hmm. around, the, around the corner. Sure. And I was like, she's like, go do this. I'm like, I, I'd thrown up in the morning. You know, like that's, uh, that's bad for me. And so I... Um, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I'll go, and then we'll get a sandwich. And meanwhile, I was like, I'm going to go there, feel like crap, and then come home, spend the rest of the day in bed. Like, that's just what's going to happen. I went there, got the IV. Probably took about 20, 25 minutes to go into me with some extra, extra, you know, B vitamins and all kinds of stuff. And I, right after that, went and got a mojito and a Cuban sandwich. I mean, that was, like, pretty amazing. My buddy, who's a physician, uses that probably too much and that's why he told me like it would work i'm like really and and um, that was like that was pretty amazing and then the other one you want to talk about the combo yeah okay so the when i was in peru i had um and understanding that the show isn't just about my experiences it's also about uh being visual and entertaining like it has to be entertaining if you're going to tell your friend to watch the show it has to be an enjoyable show to watch and so i had heard about this thing called the combo ceremony which is the the giant monkey frog that has uh secretes poison on its back when it's stressed out and what would happen would be that that uh a predator would eat this frog which is pretty stressful it would secrete this poison out of its back this milky substance out of its back and the predator would then drop it because it tastes like crap and then it's it's getting sick very quickly and but it became um, sort of from the, 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 the tribes there, it became um, a rite of passage and something that they would do to sort of um, purge themselves. And so it's not typically done, it's not typically a, a hangover segment or associated with hangovers at all. In fact, she wanted me to not touch alcohol for 24 hours, and I didn't. Um, we went to Machu Picchu the day before. And um, anyway, they burn your skin uh, with basically like little cigarette burns from this like vine that they blow through and just heats up the end and they just make like six cigarette burns on your arm and um uh put this frog toxin this poison on your on your arm and you immediately feel sick i mean 15 seconds later you're feeling pretty bad and then and then you uh run to the bathroom which was not in the show um and uh, and then you throw up which is really the, the point of it but you know, they say it has all these medicinal benefits, and, and I did all the research and safety for it because I want to make sure I wasn't putting myself in harm's way. But, you know, the lady that's there said she had a woman come, to come down, that she cured her cancer. And, like, all that's happening is, 
And then and then you drink a lot of water first. So you have something to throw up. And and what's happening is your body thinks that you ingested a frog, a poison frog. And so your body is now doing its part to get that poison out of you as quickly as possible and as much as possible. And so even though it goes in through the bloodstream of your of your arm as opposed to the bloodstream through your through your stomach, your body thinks that you ingested it and so you're throwing up. And and <coughs> for me, I, I th it was a neat experience to go through. Um, it's one of the most like, uncomfortable, physically uncomfortable things I've ever gone through, if not the most uncomfortable thing. And um, but I just don't know about like the benefits of it. I just I just can't fully get on. I can't fully. I can't even partially get on board of like understanding why it's what the benefits are. So a couple days later, didn't feel any better than if you had not done that. Uh, I mean, an hour later, I didn't feel better. Uh, the next day, yeah, nothing. Yeah. I, I just wanted like this, like I, I want to hit the reset button. Like I kind of feel like that. I was. I thought that's maybe what it was. I think that's how it's sort of like sold to you as a, as the benefit is like you're purging yourself. You're expelling everything you have. The water comes up, it's gone, and then like you start to throw throw up bile, and then that's when your body tells you, okay, you're good. Like we've got to a point where we've got everything of the contents of your, of your stomach out, and your bowels. I would love for you to do like some fake Amazon product reviews of yeah. these different hangover cures, yeah. like the combo poison. Yeah. Just like, you know, zero out of ten would not purchase again. Yeah. Like <laughs> will make you crap your pants and throw up, but yeah. really a good experience. Sounds like not so much of a hangover cure as a hangover simulator. That's ex that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And again, that they they said like this isn't normally what you would do, but I knew it would be something that people would talk about. And they are. People I mean it's it's the segment it's a segment of all six seasons where people it's the first question they say is like now the frog thing. So, yeah. and it's, I have a friend here, by the way, and actually he just moved. He moved to South Africa for a few months, but he'll come back. And when he does, maybe it's something you guys want to try on your show. Sure, I'm down. Would you all do it? I mean, I would. Sure. All right. I mean, I, I saw I saw what happened to you, and it didn't look pleasant, but it didn't look life threatening. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. And you know, it's part of it is like of the part of the sort of the pageantry, you know, the ceremony of it is the allure, is, is, is she's singing, she's playing this little drum and like kind of like trying to get you into like a better state of mind. And I think it's like you wouldn't just like be sitting around watching TV, take the frog poison, throw up and watch the end of the football game. I think, it, I think part of it has to do with sort of the, the spiritual component of it. Or if every time you drink too much, you promise that you're going to do this. Then you Maybe after you would, you a would, series of time, you learn. After a while, you would, so you would stop drinking. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Well, and, and so on the topic of, of drinking too much or, or dosing, you mentioned that you know your your superpower, uh, yeah. you know, quote unquote, is yeah. you know. Coasting. Is that going to come back to haunt me? Sure, that's fine. No, no, All no. Right. <laughs> I I just wondered. Um, so it sounds like, do you keep a number in mind in terms of drinks you've had or drink equivalents throughout the course of a night, or do you purely go with your gut? pun intended yeah how do you how do you moderate that um, and what do you typically in terms of number of drinks consume when you're filming a segment you know it's funny my, it's my doctor asks the same thing <laughs> you, how, do you, how much are you drinking he's like can you can you fake it like, no I'm, I'm going through this but understand like i shot six episodes last summer mm -hmm. and, and that's it you know right. what i mean like right. and and in my busiest year i, I shot 20 mm -hmm. uh, or 24 and many people get 
very drunk many more times. Many more, yeah, that. exactly, sure. exactly. And not even in all those am I getting to that point. Um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> how My do you catch up? On how it. do you? Uh, what is your system for moderating oh, your yeah, drinking? And how many drinks do you think you consume I, in a reasonably moderate heavy segment? I would say it definitely starts with counting, with knowing how many I've had, but it really quickly turns into um, the assessment of of how I feel, and just knowing that, like, again, I need to talk to people, um, and and I and I need to I need to know that I'm being uh, coherent and I'm not being silly. Now, at the end of the day. I'm also the executive producer, so if I don't want something in there, I can remove it. Sure. But but I I I, I pride myself on like looking like a fool. <laughs> like if <laughs> it it I know people like this buddy we went to like I, I my friend of a friend and we went to a club, whatever, and, and we're just gonna go and, and and we were both single at the time and I was like, All right, let's talk to those girls over over there. He's like, Nah man, we'll let them come to us and he kinda just sits back there and just kinda waits. And like, like, puts on like chapstick or something, like trying to look cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, you're <laughs> he's like working so hard, like looking. By the way, I'm, I'm like leaning back with my arm on the chair, and he's working so hard at looking cool. I'm like, then you have to maintain that. Whereas I can look like an idiot, and that's super easy to maintain. That way, if I ever <laughs> say something stupid, it, he, maybe he meant it. And I, I mean, even when I take pictures, I just, I don't try to like look like handsome. I just try to look fun or silly, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say in the course of shooting an episode, we'll probably do like two venues. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'll probably do, it depends what it is, maybe like three, you know? But if I'm like at a, at a winery or something like that, I'm not going to finish a glass of wine because the objective is just to taste these the different wines. And so um, I think that's probably a, 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 a number when I'm out shooting. So you're having three drinks per venue, more or no, less? No, yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, six drinks per night or something like that. Sure. Uh, some sometimes more, sometimes less. Uh, I mean, I sometimes we're just doing like one time we had to go to um, go up to the top of this uh, Rigi Mountain in uh, in in Switzerland and sit with these uh, Saint Bernards, and they were drinking uh, Kirsch, which is like a like a spirit made from cherries, and uh, they um, uh, I you know I just took a sip of it like I didn't even really drink it because they weren't drinking I'm not drinking it's not going to turn into anything sure. if they if they were drinking I probably would because I would know like okay they're going to get loose but mm-hmm. if they're just having little sips I have little sips not only that like if you have like a few drinks and your next shoot isn't for like two hours or you have to drive you know like drive or ride to mm-hmm. it um, you know then I'll just get like tired like pass out you know what I mean? yeah. whatever just from being tired sure and then I, and then the next venue comes and i gotta like snap myself back into it and try to like be engaging and, and interesting so a lot of times the first venue i'll just be light and then the second venue i'll have a few more gotcha and then i don't um, know if you call that a superpower i do yeah i mean <laughs> i'm just kidding you know <laughs> one man's superpower yeah um yeah. and and so one thing also that you know we were interested in watching the show too is uh for whatever reason, maybe because alcohol is the most legal kind of intoxicant or one of the most legal mm-hmm. intoxicants, that uh, other drugs, uh, perhaps illegal, tend to circle and be present at uh, venues that serve alcohol. Mm-hmm. So uh, in your travels, are you frequently offered other drugs because you're out drinking with you know people you who are local? I, or? I have, so not frequently, but of course it's happened. Um, I... Um, 
when I'm done shooting, I leave because I just know that that it's like this golden rule, like just nothing good can come of it. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'm traveling with my wife. Sometimes I'm not. I don't want to put myself in any like weird situations. Um, but I just that's not to say the crew doesn't. They, they'll stay out and mm-hmm. that's fine if they, as long as they can hold the camera the next day. Um, except for the Russian except for, yeah 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 except for the yeah or in a wheelchair but he was a sound guy what, what do they do anyway um, <laughs> seriously <laughs> we had our sound guy one time we went to a, a venue in Cape Cod and and he ended up like drinking this whole like this this big it's called a storm pourer it's like the opaque um, pouring uh, plastic thing behind the bar sometimes it has like an orange top or a green top and they use it to like pre-mix cocktails in so they had like this thing called the the goombe smash and they pre-mix the cocktail so they maybe make like five in it so then when it comes time to like serve it they just pour ice and they pour them over so it's like all oh, pre-mixed this much tequila this much you know triple sec whatever and so he just thought it'd be funny if he like drank the whole thing and it was fun because that was our last venue. And then the guy behind the bar was like, my buddy owns an amazing bar. We, sh- we should go. And, like, he didn't realize that, so he passed out. And at the next location, he was sitting there with the sound with the sound boom, with the boom, and he had fallen asleep. Oh, and, yeah. by the way, the sound was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice work if you yeah. can get it. I yeah, think. it's exactly right. So in terms of uh, – so you've tried a, a number of interesting uh, hangover cures of uh, dubious efficacy. And there's some, uh, what we've seen, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but there seems to be lately, especially in the United States, uh, somewhat of uh, a renaissance of hangover cures being marketed uh, to the public. These companies uh, like Morning Recovery, which I believe was based on a South Korean uh, formula uh, that you're supposed to take before you go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's Blowfish, which uh, I believe is you know, kind of this effervescent tablet that's kind of a combination of aspirin and caffeine and some other things. And there's uh, there's even a company that, that we're uh, f- friendly with called Z-Biotics, and they have this oh, yeah. bacteria that will uh, help d- uh, dissolve acetylaldehyde. And, and um, so have you uh, used any of these products or I mean, do you have an opinion I on I them? I have. One of the issues with the ones, some of the ones that I've tried is that you need to do it before you go out. Mm-hmm. And... Maybe it's different when I was younger or younger people, but I don't necessarily go out with the intention of like overdoing it. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like I'll think, oh, I got to take 10 of these charcoal pills or whatever they are before I drink to sort of you know, lower the, the, um, the, the effects for the next day. Um, and I, but I have tried some. I don't remember the one I, that I tried. Uh, at this convention that I went to in, in Orlando, a few, uh, I guess last month, that it, I don't know, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of lose faith in them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's interesting. I didn't know the Z-Biotex was a bacteria that, mm-hmm. bacterium, bacteria, bacteria, that, 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 that eats the, um, the Dissol- byproduct. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. The toxic. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, we, uh, we know a bunch of people at these companies. We can uh, we can put you in touch. Maybe you can do a future segment where you stress test these. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. That which which means if, if if they work, then great. If they don't, then I'm screwed. Well, we, you <laughs> know, we'd be happy to um, you know put our livers on the line with you. Okay, well there you um, go. But uh, yeah. how, have you, how about you? Have you have you tried them out? I've done all of them, and okay. uh, 
I think they all do work. Uh, On the, some level? The, yeah, the question is just, you know, it's like, uh, you know, when people say, like, oh, it's a tequila night or something, and so people say, you know, I always get drunk when I consume tequila, mm. and it's, in my opinion, no, it's because when you decide you're having a quote-unquote tequila night, you're, right. you're planning to get very intoxicated. Sure. So when, if you think, as you said, if you think you need a hangover cure, you're probably overdoing it. Yeah. So then maybe it brings you back to a place where you only moderately overdid it. Yeah. I mean, there's no, it's, there's no magic bullet for anything, like, but it, it does make a difference in, in my opinion. Yeah, I'll, I, I, that Z-Bite, like, I think I have some at home. I have to, I have to now check it out. Is that, I mean, I'll read the instructions, but what is it, you drink before, you have it before you go to bed? I think, yeah, you drink it either before you start drinking or okay. while you're drinking, I th but it, it needs to happen, I think, before you wake up in the morning. Okay. And uh, have you ever done that hangover cure from uh, that movie Cocktails with Tom Cruise? You know, have you, you know what I'm No, but you have my attention. That movie, it's called a red eye. Oh, God. You know, it's a beer and tomato juice and a raw egg, and you drink yeah, that. Yeah, I mean... Uh, you know, for for so many of these things, you just break down the science behind them. You're just like <laughs> they're just you, you know, like so so. Basically, like uh, you know, savory food is one, uh, spicy food or hair of the dog. Mm -hmm. So the red eye would would fit at least two of those. Sure. Um, depending on how savory you think a raw egg is. Sure. But a lot of the you know that they say that the the spiciness. So I had a thing called um. Um, uh, torta ahogadas uh, in Mexico, which is a drunken sandwich, which is basically a sandwich that is um, it's so you soak it in in, spite in hot sauce. So it's what everyone has the next day for their their, their hangover. Wow. But the science tells you that like you are you're then sweating it out mm -hmm. and you're dehydrating yourself. So that's one of the effects. You're actually making it worse. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know. I, the, some of these new new products, I would certainly be game mm -hmm. to to try. And if one of them worked, I would be a champion for it. But um, there's just there's just so many. You know, when you're like Seven Eleven, they're just like, you know, so many that 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 I don't know what how they need to substantiate their their claims. So I think there's a lot of like crappy ones, sort of maybe clogging up the the marketplace. That's quite possible. Um. Yeah. Okay. So uh, before we uh, before we close out, I think there's uh, one other thing uh, we want to do. I'm not going to wrestle you if that's your ask you about. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. Well, right, maybe that's all. That's <laughs> all, <laughs> folks. So <laughs> um, no, we wanted to talk to you about uh, the alcohol company that that you're involved in, right? Oh, yeah. Because we haven't we haven't really discussed that at all. Yeah. Maybe that's. Uh, um, one we can skip. Is okay. this editable? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll tell you why over a drink. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, in that case, we'll close out right now. And uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us on another episode of How to Sell Drugs. And uh, thanks very much to our guest, Zane Lampert. Have you had can – I, can I keep it going for a second? Sure. <laughs> I don't know what the rules are. There's no um, rules. You know, I was having my coffee this morning, not after a night of drinking, just my coffee, and I was just like – I, I just I just need a cup of coffee. I feel like when you put the word need in front of it, it it, it becomes a drug. Is oh yeah, I yeah. think caffeine. We we're very much in, under agreement that we think caffeine is a drug. Coffee, yeah. you know, it's you can get addicted to your coffee for yeah. sure. Okay, I feel better now. Something to think well, about. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Something for next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, guys. All right, we'll go close the bar. Thanks. All right. <laughs> <laughs>